it made me get my shit together. Sorry, my French, but <laughs> it made me like, you know, stop holding on to this thing. I was so nervous and it was like, why? You have this gift, share it with the world. Like, what are you doing? So that was the fire that literally burnt the shit out my ass and said, put this workshop out, get this together. Like, get it, figure out what it's going to be and really work to make it a great experience for people. Welcome to the Friends in Beauty podcast, a safe space for ambitious beauty industry creatives to have real talk, get real answers and practical tools to grow their businesses. My name is Aquia Robinson, and I'm a makeup artist, beauty educator, and the creator of Friends in Beauty. I created Friends in Beauty to support like-minded creatives, just like you, on their quest to connect, network, and build genuine relationships within the beauty community. Join me every week as me and my special guests reveal the keys to success and longevity in the beauty industry, and most importantly, have fun while doing it. You ready? Hey, what's up? It's your best friend in beauty, Aquia Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast. I am so happy to have you here, and I hope you're listening to this episode in high spirits and in good health. Now, on this episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast, I welcome the creator of Hair Sprinkles, Amber Mims, to the Friends in Beauty guest chair. Artist, creative entrepreneur, educator, and so much more embody Amber Mims. She is a native Washingtonian, graduate of Duke Ellington School of the Arts, and BFA degree holder from the New School University. Amber has taken her creative pursuits and turned them into her own world, considering herself an artist completely. As a recording, performing, and touring artist, she will also create in various ways from making jewelry to artistic direction. And in 2012, this led to one of her best friends asking her to help style a shoot. She shared the B-cap style done by Anu Prestonia, worn by Alfred Woodard in the Spike Lee classic Crooklyn as inspiration for her look. Her goal at the moment was to deliver for her best friend, of course, and recreate as best as she could. After a long night of experimentation, ingenuity, and past creative experiences, Hair Sprinkles was born. Amber worked in her sister's salon honing what became Hair Sprinkles on various hair types, styles, texture, and client needs, perfecting tools, materials, and adornment types for so many different kinds of women. She was always asked to teach and or share her talents for Hair Sprinkles, and by 2018, she did just that. By creating a certificate program, she has certified over two dozen other small business owners, stylists, and creatives in the first two years of the workshop and was recognized by WeDC as an innovative business and began working with the Smithsonian Hershorn Museum as an arts facilitator. In 2023, she created directed her second museum activation, this time with the Academy Museum in Los Angeles, California, to launch their Regeneration Summit exhibition, highlighting the Black glamour era. Now celebrating 11 years in business, Amber is excited to enter a new era of hair art and education. Oh my God, y'all. Like I'm totally, totally summarizing her amazing bio because sis is out here doing the damn thing, okay? I had such a wonderful 
open and transparent conversation with Amber. Um, if you listen to a previous episode, you know that this is our second time recording this because the first time tech was not on our side. So I definitely had to do it again to bring y'all the quality and the story to highlight my girl, Amber. I have hair sprinkles and I always tease and tell Amber that she has been the source of my daily compliments for two years because I always get stopped and complimented on my hair sprinkles every time I go out. I even had the pleasure of modeling for her brand. So this conversation was really special to me. In this interview, Amber shares all about the hair sprinkles story and everything you need to know about hair sprinkles, challenges with developing the brand and shady mentors, how she feels about knockoff hair sprinkles that she sees out in the streets, why she ventured into education, her dream hair sprinkle clients that she would love to adorn, her experience with working with the Academy Museum in Los Angeles, the future of hair sprinkles, and so much more. This is such a relatable and real conversation of what goes into creating and staying committed to growing a brand for over a decade. I even had the pleasure of attending the 10-year anniversary dinner for hair sprinkles, and it was amazing. It was lit. Make sure you check out my recap on Instagram. So yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this chat with Amber. And if you prefer to watch our beautiful faces, then tune in on YouTube. Enjoy. Welcome to the Friends and Beauty Podcast, Amber. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Girl, I'm excited to have you because you already know we're going to chop it up. I already told people, um, I think I had already mentioned it in the episode before, like this is our second time attempting this interview. We're going to be transparent about it. Yes, um, thank you. <laughs> yes, because I feel like we had a great conversation the last time. It just means that it's going to be even better this time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And me and Amber go way, way back, like a few years ago. So <laughs> we can have some fun. Yes. So before we get started, you know, I like to start off with icebreaker questions just to get us warmed up and so the friends and beauty audience can get to know you outside of what you do for your brand. So first one, just give us three random facts about you. Okay, three random facts. Um, I am a native Washingtonian, born and raised in D.C. D.C. Um, yes, Southeast D.C., born and raised proper from the city. Let's make that clear. Um, I have a twin. I have a twin brother. I'm a fraternal twin, I should say. So I have a twin brother. Um, and what else? Three random facts. Um, I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm an artist and entrepreneur. Yes. All around creative. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think I just learned that you had a twin maybe like last year maybe I feel like really I didn't know that I was like she has a twin I need to see what your brother yeah. looks like <laughs> we look similar I would say we look similar I mean he has locks too his aren't you know blonde but um we definitely look alike we probably looked more alike when we were younger mm, that is so cool okay did y'all have to do like do y'all have like that sibling or that twin um everybody that's people's favorite questions to ask yes, um, we don't have like telekinesis or anything like that, but, um, I've, I've found over the years, like when we talk, we definitely have, um, kind of go through the same things around the same time, which is interesting. So experiencing, even if it's like shifts in your career, 
shifts in your relationships, like things that you like learn about yourself. We tend to kind of go through those things literally like around, if not at the same time, like when we check in with each other, it's like, what that's happening? Or you're experiencing that right now too. You know, so that, I think that is the sibling or twin thing that we might, you know, have most alike. Because our, I mean, obviously our birthday is on the same day, but, you know, everything that happens from a astrological, you know, point of view would definitely impact me the same way that it would probably impact him. So I think that that might, you know, have something to, to do with our connection for sure. Who's older? He is. Okay. About four minutes. We're four minutes apart. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next one. Um, what is your favorite travel, international travel destination? Because I know you like to travel. Ooh, um, my favorite. I mean, I've, I've, I've definitely enjoyed all of the different places I've gotten the opportunity to travel to. Um, but I would probably say it's between two places right now, maybe. So Mexico and um Milan Italy I recently got a chance to go there and I really really liked it I wish I could have stayed longer I think that would have um impacted my experience a little bit more but the but Mexico I've been several times to different parts of Mexico so I do I I do enjoy Mexico I like Mexico City I like the beach so I like that I've been able to um experience that culture the most um and Frida Kahlo is like one of my favorite artists so I think might lean more towards Mexico but Milan is very very just like you know pretty but it gives you that city that you're looking for that city edge that definitely like the fashion and all that kind of stuff is really cool so it's Mm -hmm. I guess between those two do you speak any Spanish or Italian so I should by now speak something I don't I'm embarrassed to say that I do not speak any Spanish I probably have just a tiny tiny bit that I couldn't even honestly nobody should ever ask me that question because the tiny bit that I do you know get around with is like nothing it's mm-hmm. nothing yeah okay. nice oh good. I have these things these pod decks oh nice what the heck and the would you rather they have these interesting questions inside which one would you like what the heck and would you rather Mm -hmm. um I'm gonna go with would you rather yay would you rather people always choose what the heck and I'll be like what the heck (laughs) (laughs) but these questions be what the heck just seems too ambiguous for me would you rather I can I don't know I feel like might be all right interesting would you rather hmm, I feel like I know your answer but would you rather appear as a guest on your favorite tv show or have lifetime backstage passes for any concert you attend you already know the answer to that (laughs) (laughs) lifetime backstage passes absolutely Mm. absolutely hands down There's, there's no competition yeah for any concert you attend so yeah what absolutely I mean it's such a different vibe backstage a different experience and 
I mean, you get to see the show, obviously, but you know, you kind of feel like VIP. You can pop in and watch the show from the audience, or you can slide into the back and hang out with everybody, talk, get to kind of, you know, engage with the performers and the, you know, whoever else might be. Um, if it's somebody singing, musicians, whatever, like I like that aspect of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, what do people always tell you that you're good at aside from what you do creatively? Uh, well, I, I do have quite a few like different creative, um, outlets and just creative, I would say, um, lanes. So from, you know, hair sprinkles to music and like art curation not like I'm a painter but like organizing things in that in that regard I would say that what people think that I'm good at or say that I'm good at um is like branding marketing maybe um organizing I would say that for sure um yeah that's those are the things I can think of maybe outside of business related um maybe advice like being able to give like um a good perspective so I'm not like this is what I think you should do but you know here's some additional perspective to consider in your process of whatever it is that you're trying to figure out mm-hmm. um and being a neutral party you know kind of non-judgmental yeah. um yeah I would say that okay that's cool I like that when is the last time that you did something for the first time the last time that I did something for the first time. Mm. Mm. I guess flying to Italy would be the last time I did something for the first time. Um, and I flew, I went and met my best friend there. So I traveled, you know, alone and met her there and flew, flew back home. Mm-hmm. So that would be the last time I did something for the first time. I've never... I've never flown to Europe alone. I've definitely flown alone, but not not to Europe. Did you have a layover somewhere? Yeah, and that was weird. I had a layover in um where was that? Like a uh was it like a Swiss country of some sort? I can't remember where. Um but it was it was it wasn't that long but because of the time change I was very confused I like I honestly didn't even know how long my flight was um, or how long my travel was going to be until I got on the plane and was talking to like the person sitting next to me she was going to uh, Florence and I was going to Milan and so she was just explaining how you know, it's, it's, it takes this long to get to here. So it's only going to take you this long to get here. I was like, oh, really? And I'm thinking it's going to be further taking longer, but um, definitely had a layover. It was definitely very, it threw me off. It was very weird, but I was fine. But then once I got there, the language barrier really kicked in because everything was in Italian. Everybody was speaking Italian. Mm-hmm. It was hard to like, you know, you know, you're like looking for, oh, all I got to do is find my driver when I get to Terminal B. That's that, that shit don't say Terminal B. Like, you know, <laughs> you're trying to find stuff and you're relying on your like way of, 
communicating and getting around um, in the States and just assuming, like, I see why people say, you know, I hate to say it, but dumb American, silly American. It's like, you think you can just, oh, I'll be, you know, whatever, and not know the language. It, it really shows and it really um, can impact, you know, your travel. Um, I didn't have a terrible experience by far, but that getting off of the plane and trying to find where the driver was and, you know, which way to go, all of those little things that you take for granted, it, it for sure like kicked in. I can imagine. I feel like that's why a lot of people, especially Americans, need to travel more internationally because I feel like we'll be a lot more compassionate to um, when we come into travelers, yeah, foreign like to this country, like we'll be a little bit more compassionate when they're trying to speak our language, and they could speak their language, of course, fluently. But imagine right. to other people trying to speak their language, you probably sound just like how they say I'll try to speak English. So sounding crazy, makes you a little bit more compassionate. Yep. Definitely, absolutely. <laughs> and the last one, if you weren't the creator of hair sprinkles. Is there anything else you can see yourself doing right now? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, my first love is music. So I could definitely see myself um, continuing to make music, perform, um, be on stage. Um, I could also see myself directing. I love to like, you know, kind of take concepts and um, make them come to life if it's like through a photo, if it's through some type of motion moving picture, um, if it's art directing, like I love to do that type of stuff, creative directing. So I can see myself doing those types of things. I keep telling or keep saying like, I feel like in my next life, I could be like an interior designer or like a movie director, something like that, that is still very creative, but not necessarily um, in front of the camera. Yeah. Okay. What kind of music do you do? Like, soul music. Yeah. Okay. Soul music. So I songwrite, produce, um, I'm a performer, um, but the genre was definitely very, very soulful, very sexy, very sultry. Okay. I want to see you perform <laughs> one day. Yeah, you got to come out. I got to have another show. I'm thinking about um, doing something actually in my, in the backyard of my shop. So I will definitely let you know. The summer's definitely about to be lit. Yeah, we have enough space. I definitely have the network and, you know, support to be able to like really create a nice, um, a nice performance space outside, bringing in, you know, sound and a stage or something. So I'm going to figure it out. I think this will be my next summer project. Okay, I look forward to it. So... In a few words, how would you, because I can't say like one word, but in a few words, like how would you sum up your entrepreneurial journey with hair sprinkles? In a few words, um, fun, very, uh, what's the word? Not planned, unsuspecting, like mm -hmm. this was not it wasn't really my plan, if I'm honest. Um, so fun, um, unplanned, and I would say um, enlightening. Mm -hmm. Very enlightening. I've learned so much. It's it's last November made it ten years. 
Wow. Since I've had this business, since I've started Hair Sprinkles. So I've learned so, so, so much and have just, you know, grown and pivoted and, you know, expanded. Yeah. Yeah, that's those are the words. (laughs) Y'all are wondering, like, what are hair sprinkles? These are hair sprinkles. I have them in my hair, as you can see. So, um, Amber, like, you have been the source of my daily compliments. Oh, great, (laughs) great. I have some mana, so it's so light in here, but they're in there, they're all over the place. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not if if it's not every day, it's every other day. Somebody's like, Oh, I like your hair. What is that? What is, I even had a, a lady the other day, she was a little white lady that I know, but she was like, oh my God, I just touched the black girl's hair, but oh my God, I just had to, I just had to see like what this was, but like I get compliments constantly on my hair sprinkles every single time that I go out the house. So I have to thank you for that. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. And I have to thank you. I've definitely had at least maybe one or two people who've come and it was like, do you know Queen? I was like, oh yeah. Nice. Great to have those um I mean I get a lot of referrals but to actually like know who's referring these people is always just like I love it I love to see it and sidebar like the after our last conversation I went to the doctors like the follow either like that same week or the following week and the lady that was taking my blood she had like a bonnet on but she started like complimenting oh you got hair sprinkles I said yeah she's like who did your hair sprinkles I said Amber she's like oh I know Amber her name is uh-huh. Her name is Bobby. She said she knows you and um probably Egypt. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. Egypt. But she's like, yeah, I know them. Yeah. Like, this is a small world. Like this small is world. I mean, in hair and beauty in DC, you're definitely gonna run into the same people, even if you don't like, you know, you might know them through other people. And I definitely get and you know, shout out to my sister, like major shout outs to my sister. I definitely know a lot of people in or I won't say a lot, enough, some um in the you know hair community through her so yeah nice okay so were you a creative as a child like what did you want to be as a child um as a child I don't think I'm like super young I don't think I knew exactly what I wanted to be Mm -hmm. um I was definitely creative I grew up in um my my parents were entrepreneurs as well my dad was a goldsmith um, and my mom um, was very much the side of the business side of their business together, which was called Sun Gallery Goldsmith. Um, and so I definitely on weekends would be there, um, even like getting older, you could, you know, help out a little bit. But we, my brother and I were very, very young when they first um, had their business. So I would be there. They were, they, we, we had a, um, well, my mom, I should say, she started an arts collective called 1800 Belmont Arts. So it was, the jewelry store was here and then it was connected to like this tall brownstone. This is in Adams Morgan. So they got say, the brownstone. I've like seen that gallery before. Like when this I was, was just- ages ago. Yeah, yeah. Maybe when you were younger, this was a long time ago um, in the 80s and 90s. So, yeah. um, well, the jewelry store in the 80s, but the, the 1800 Belmont Arts was in in the 90s. And so that entire building was filled with artists, different types of artists. And so there were fashion designers, there were people who were making cards, people who were creating like, you know, home decor, all kinds of different stuff. My mom had a video store called Video Black that was in that same building. So every weekend it was always something, whether it was an event, somebody launching something, 
Um, so I would spend my weekends there. I definitely would be like drawing in somebody's like studio. I have an aunt who 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 was there at that time. I used to always like be in the studio with her. So yes, to answer your question, definitely very creative growing up. Um, and then by the time I got to middle school, I knew I wanted to sing. Okay. And no, I wanted to act. And I had to audition for, I think we talked about this before, audition for a program at Duke Ellington. I wanted to go to in the summertime and they required that you um, sing and act like for your audition. Um, <clears throat> so I sang in the audition. I used to sing around the house, but I didn't really think like much of it. And so from that program, they had me singing instead of acting. And that was when I was like, okay, well, I want to sing. I want to be a singer. And so that was, that was the trage trajectory since then. That is so cool. And I told you last time, I definitely know that we would have crossed paths at some point because I went to the same summer camp. Yeah. And I was considering going to Duke Ellington for, um, for high school, but I, I went to Banneker instead but now in like hindsight I'm like dang I should have went to Duke Ellington because I feel like oh. my creativity or just as a creative it would have been nurtured and I would have known where I wanted to be a lot sooner but I still ended up She's, I was about to say yeah. you still ended up and I was about to say I definitely with it and look we're in the same we're here doing your podcast so you know that everything happened just as it was supposed to you yes. know that that environment is definitely a great place to be but I think after leaving Ellington and even continuing to to do art school, school after high school I went to the new school and studied jazz contemporary music so I was still in a like very close community within the arts um it took a little bit it took a little while even after college to like really you know kind of see the world as a different place that's not just this arts incubator. Mm. So I think either side is really beneficial, especially, mm. you know, cause you, you kinda, you just end up where you're gonna be anyway. That's so true, just take a different route. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was your relationship with hair? So your your family, they did jewelry, arts. Right. What was your relationship with well, hair? My sister hair did hair. hair. So uh -huh. my sister does hair. Um, and so my initial relationship with hair was sitting on the floor, getting my hair done. My sister would do my hair um, and whatever she was doing is what I was doing. My mom didn't do my hair. That was not her thing. She didn't do any my hair or my sister's hair. Um, but my sister was really into it very, very young. So she definitely, she's literally been doing my hair my whole life. Um, I know. <laughs> Um, so that was my first initial like intro into you know just the what what happens you know with that type of relationship you you begin to um it becomes just like a way of people coming together it's consistent you're trusting this person I'm super grateful for having her in my life and having her be the person who you know just initiated whatever type of my hair experience would be for me um, because I've definitely heard very horrible stories about just like you know people even feeling um feeling 
bad about their, you know, African texture and just not really wanting to, um, not really kind of wanting to learn more, be, you know, themselves because of what their hair, how hard it might've been to manage it, all those different types of things. So um, she was definitely my intro into it. Then she started to do hair professionally at a hair salon, probably when I was in like, I want to say I had to have been either in, I think I was in high school. I was in high school by the time she was at a salon doing hair professionally. And she's always done um, natural hair. So she was definitely, I would say for sure in DC, especially like, you know, kind of one of the first few people who were really cultivating that like lock community, starting people's locks, you know, if this is 2023, over 20 years ago by now, um, really starting that kind of, um, that kind of institution, then playing around with the styles of it, getting really like into, you know, I know for sure making locks look the same way hairstyles would look if you had loose hair. Because right. um, a lot of people kind of, you know, in the beginning would associate locks as like this dirty kind of thing or this like unkept or, um, you know, it can't be modern. It has to really look like, you know, very Afrocentric all the time. Mm-hmm. And she was always very, very innovative, always um, into like, you know, the healthiness of it, all of those things. So that those were my really honestly my first introductions to it um yeah throughout my throughout my journey and I had a um have an aunt who actually used to do bee caps so that's how hair sprinkles really kind of came into play she did this bee cap on my sister and there's a picture of my sister I wish I had it so I could just put it up on the screen but there's a picture of her um when she was probably about seven and I think she was like modeling for something, I don't know. But um, that picture I would seen around my house since forever. So um, that is a really like, you know, embedded image in my, in my mind. So that was a part of the inspiration behind hair sprinkles. I love that. I got, now I got to see the picture. You got, you got to send me the picture. I got to find it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, send if it you to me. I'm going to post it. Pop it in or something, yeah. <laughs> Like fun fact, y'all, for the podcast listeners, uh, I met Amber first. Yes, I met you first. And I always used to see Egypt. Like when I came to get my hair sprinkles, I saw Egypt. Then I did the photo shoot. I was a model for Amber for a hair sprinkles. That was so fun. So I will always see Egypt, but now Egypt and I work together for Love and Marriage DC. So it's been kind of cool to like yeah. go from like just seeing her around to like form that relationship with her as well. She's really dope. So shout out to Egypt. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see that picture now though. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm going to send it to you. I know I have it somewhere. If it's not, I don't know where. It's got to be on my computer because it's in my workshop. So I know I have it. Okay. I know I have it. Yeah, so the inspiration or like the idea for hair sprinkles just it's always been around you, obviously. So. Yeah, which is very interesting. I know I, like before when you asked for those three words that could describe your business or your journey. And I'm saying like unplanned, like it truly was unplanned, like and seeing that image around so much so often um, and having like, you know, this this um, very natural and secure 
um, confidence about natural hair um, has always been like just a part of my lifestyle. Like even having like, when I mentioned like the, um, the artistic upbringing of my parents and the, you know, arts collective that they had, a lot of those people in that space during that time had locks or natural hair. So mm-hmm. it was always, you know, it was always something that was around. I never, ever felt like, um, I never, ever felt like my hair wasn't like good enough, so to speak, or that it needed to be something that it wasn't. I used to wear braids a lot. My mom definitely used to get um, put my, get my hair done and put it in braids. And I used to have like a little braid bob or, you know, as I got older, like longer, longer braids. So it was definitely an easy transition. Had you ever had like a perm or anything before? Yeah, I've definitely, I had a perm, but not for long. I had a perm for probably about, mm, I want to say middle school like maybe like seventh grade might have been when I got my first perm Mm -hmm. um and I had it through high school but I got braids a lot in high school I think I don't know I probably like was just overdoing my hair so much and then by the time I graduated I went back natural got you okay yeah so when was the first time that you actually tried out the hair sprinkle like what what was it that made you try out the actual hair sprinkles technique on somebody or on yourself like what was the first time you actually attempted it so it honestly all came about because my one of my best friends she was um preparing for a photo shoot and she had sister locks at the time she had sister locks and she sent me a photo of well first she asked me could I help her like help style her, like help figure out her look for this photo shoot? I was like, yeah, sure. So she sends me, we're going back and forth like via text of just like different ideas. She sends me a photo of Alfre Woodard in the movie Crooklyn when she had her hair in that, that B cap. And it took me right back to the picture in my house of my sister. So when I saw it, I was like, ooh, this is so dope. I knew what her hair was it was sister locks. And I'm like, but your head, this is two different things. Like that's going to be really, I don't, you're going to, it's going to be hard to try to like emulate that or to try to do that on your hair. And I had, like I mentioned before, an aunt who used to, who actually did those B caps. Mm-hmm. So um, when she sent me that photo, I'm thinking, well, how can I, basically, how can I emulate this to that? So that's where that whole, let me, figure this thing out came from we went to a craft store um and I was just like immediately drawn to these pearls I knew I didn't want to go to like a beauty supply store because I didn't want the like you know wooden beads or like really um like plastic ones that you know most of the time kids might wear at the end of their, their ponytails and stuff like that because of what she sent me I knew I'm like you know going for something feminine um so that's literally how it came. It was like, let me see how I can figure out how to copy um, this particular look for her or for this particular type of hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I want to say I was also like making, um, I was making bags. I was sewing, like making like keyboard bags. I needed a bag to carry my keyboard in. I have a portable keyboard. Mm-hmm. So I was making a bag. I was, um, I used to like 
re redo like jean skirts. So I knew how to sew. I used to work with my godmother in, um, she has an African clothing business. So I used to work with her in the summertime and um, work with her. You know, she teach me different techniques. So a lot of the stuff I use, I got from her. Um, especially when it comes to utilizing like small things on rough textures. Cause a lot of her stuff is, um, she uses like a lot of linens, she uses like stiff materials. It's not like all just like, let me use cotton or let me use something that's, you know, super malleable. So a lot of that stuff just, I don't know, it came in handy in trying to emulate this look. This is so fascinating to me because <laughs> Uh, I read this book before called um, Outliers, and it basically is just a story about like just the things that we don't realize is around us or like other people's like the things that lead up to people's success over time, like just the fact that you had that picture um, around the creativity that you've been around, the fact that you knew how to sew, like all of these things that you already had in you that kind of led to the development of like this fantastic decade yeah like, we don't even realize sometimes we look at people and be like how did they get here or like they just got lucky but I'm like no like it's literally these little things that have been in your life it was all, all, the time. Time. all inspiration time. all inspiration all inspiration that's that literally mind-blowing I, yeah. I love it where did the name hair sprinkles come from oh man so the name came from the sprinkles cupcake okay so um I was in the salon one day and this was when I was at my sister's salon um and my friend Sharmika she I just was actually talking to her I had like um some in my hair and they were very like very pronounced I had a lot of them in my hair at the time and this was still like in the early days so it was like super um what's the word like they were all very kind of like close together which is something I don't advise to my students now but this again was early days um of you know just figuring everything out or just trying stuff out for an extended period of time seeing how it wears all of that kind of stuff um so she was like oh that kind of looked like uh sprinkles on a cupcake we also we used to go to sprinkles the cupcake place all the time like if we had a break or extended break you know, that was just something we would run and go do. Um, but when she said it, I was like, are you smart? <laughs> That's what this is. That's what this needs to be called. Because before that, I was calling it like lock jewelry. I was calling it hair jewels. Um, I feel like that was it. But this was like years, like before I was even public doing it. So mm -hmm. this might've been like, in the first year of it still calling it, you know, just hair jewels, whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, a full-on thing. Um, but when I when I got that like aha moment, yeah. it was hair sprinkles. Hair sprinkles to the day I die. That's how it it was like embedded. That that name was super catchy. Hair sprinkles is very catchy. And now a lot of people call it lock sprinkles um, because you know it's popular in locks, but the name comes from hair sprinkles and that's where all of this like the using that term came from that yes, sprinkles I cupcake I'll never forget the the first time that I saw it I, I was at an event I think it was it was actually at the um the brown beauty co-op 
and I was oh, at yeah. I think they had just opened it might have been like their opening event and I saw a girl there I know we follow each other but I cannot think of her name for the life of me I know I know her when I see her but mm-hmm. she had hair sprinkles and I was like I guess the same thing people do to me now like oh yeah. my god like what is that and hers were white she had like um, oh, she's nice. a, a light-skinned girl but she had like brownish blonde locks and her hair sprinkles were white at the time and I was like what is that and that's how I found you because she was like these are hair sprinkles I was like hair oh nice Instagram and I was like oh yes definitely going to do this one day for sure and I got mine's done like two years ago like on my the day before my birthday two years ago so they've been rocking and rolling my cat be chewing them out sometimes but oh my gosh not chewing them out be chewing them out but yeah, um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, yes. Like, when did you realize, though, like after practicing on yourself, you came up with the name Hair Sprinkles and everything. When did you realize, like, I think I might have something like really dope, like at my fingertips and I need to start like making this a thing? Ooh, um, when did it happen? I was, I don't, I think my, so it's kind of twofold. Um, I was honestly, initially, it wasn't something that I was like, like I'm saying, wasn't very like, I would say it wasn't on social media a lot. Um, it was very word of mouth because I was already in a, in a very, um, at my sister's salon. So she had clientele and I definitely developed my, my base from her clientele. So I wasn't quite like, um, promoting it and stuff like that I was still trying to like figure things out I guess um and then just enjoying doing it um but I would say when people started coming to her salon just for me that weren't her clients that was when it kind of started to like pick up like okay and this I'm sure by this time I probably had to have been doing some sort of promotion for it to be that consistent Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a client who came in and she was like doing some kind of like blogging at the time. She, um, well, not some kind of, cause at, at that time blogging wasn't what it is now. Mm-hmm. So it was very early on in that, in that game. Um, and she was blogging. She did like a blog of her experience. Um, you know, we, I didn't talk in the blog or anything like that but she just showed what she got like at the end of it. And I wasn't familiar with like, you know, her following or anything like that. But once she put that on her YouTube page, it just kind of like spread like wildfire. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I was like, oh, wait a minute, this is overwhelming because then it turned into, um, yeah, a lot of people seeing it, but also a lot of people DIYing it. Um, And I initially didn't really like that I'm gonna be honest like it just felt like you know you you do something and you want people to um to you know to patronize you you want people to um respect your creativity because you know at the core of me I'm an I'm an artist so I'm like they say I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit I'm sensitive about my shit and I'm a sensitive person too um so initially that amount of like eyes on what that is or what it you know on hair sprinkles at that time was just it was very overwhelming for me I didn't I I backed up I didn't even like 
you know, really um, get on YouTube with it or anything like that. So it, it did the opposite for me internally. I was very much like, okay, with, you know, being a performer and sharing my music and, you know, doing things that way. But this in some ways felt like somebody was almost taking something from me because it wasn't, it, it was, um, it wasn't, it wasn't her fault that she publicized it. She enjoyed what she'd done, but the way that the internet can be, I would say, and, um, you know, people want to try what they see, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's nature. Um, but it just initially felt very, like, made me very anxious, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, what am I, what, like, what's going on? Like, what is this thing? Why is this happening like this? Um, and then over the years, I just like, I, I had to start combating it. I had to start like, you know, speaking up and being vocal about, hey, it's me. You know what I mean? Like not getting afraid of the spotlight in that way. Cause I'm, I'm very comfortable with it in, in numerous other ways. Um, so I had to kind of shift the narrative and be, um, you know, grateful that you know there are although there is a diy community of it there are also within that they know who created it they know who mm-hmm. um you know what is who who it's inspired by all of those things so it's like twofold i should say yeah definitely understand that it's like it's like your baby so when you see people kind of like taking it and running with it like just make sure you know who the original source is and- yeah yeah and I mean, now as a, as an educator, so I, I, that happened, then some other things happened, which were really interesting for long story short, I definitely had somebody who completely like, you know, bit me in the ass. Um, and it was somebody who was like in the hair industry who is, um, you know, she was doing like celebrities and stuff like that. I had formed a relationship with her. And so she basically attempted or did her version on somebody else and never gave me credit. Mm. Yeah, it was very, very not cool. And she went so far as to say like, um, and I reached out to her and I'm like, hey, like I see the work that you've done or I see what you're doing. And and she and I shared, which was interesting. She and I, I thought shared this like um, connection of, you know, you, you're creative, you've started something you've, you know, in many ways have felt like people have, um, you know, copied or bite bitten off of you or just felt taken advantage of in a certain regard. Um, but then you kind of turn around and do it to me. And I called her, called her out on it. Cause I don't know how to not do that. Um, and she went so far as to tell me that I'm, I'm not influential no one is influenced by you i'm not influenced like yeah oh yeah she went in oh, she tried wow, to break my spirit goodness. yeah she tried to break my spirit and i think that you know i don't normally share this story with a lot of people because initially i'm like uh that's you know that's that's distasteful but i think people need to know the full scope and the full journey i know a lot of i'm learning that a lot of people don't know a lot about me and don't know a lot about like everything that goes into the things, not just me, but other artists go through to produce and put out worthy, good, not content art. Cause that's what we've, we've turned art into content, but it starts as art first, no matter how you receive it, it's art first. So 
I think that it's important for me to just, you know, to speak up and, and, you know, let also people know that, you know, it doesn't like that backbiting type of stuff. It doesn't only happen in the corporate world. It happens in the art world. It happens in, you know, in different industries. Um, I'm super grateful for like my community, my close knit family and friends who, you know, continuously support me and things like that. But it's people out here who aren't who aren't what they put themselves perceive what you perceive them to be. You look at the follower count and you see all of these amazing things that they're doing or how they might be, you know, front facing, engaging um, from that standpoint. But everybody is not as genuine. Everybody is not as um, as, you know, as nice as they might seem. Mm-hmm. And that's the harsh reality of it. Um, at the time when all of that stuff happened, I was furious, but it made me put my workshop out. Okay. It made me get my shit together. Sorry, my French, but <laughs> it made me like, you know, stop holding on to this thing. I was so nervous. And it was like, why? You have this gift, share it with the world. Like, what are you doing? So that was the fire that literally burnt the shit out my ass and said, put this workshop out, get this together, like get it, figure out what it's going to be and really work to make it a great experience for people because of what I'm able to share by providing this service. I never wanted it to be um, from an educational or from a, if I'm, you know, giving something, whatever, I never wanted it to be, oh, hey, here's my, here's the stuff, the tools that I have, you know, you go ahead on and do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I was really invested in the experience of hair sprinkles, the exchanges that I had managed to have. So I started in 2012. I didn't put the workshop out until what? What year is this? 2023? So maybe like 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. No. So 2018. 20, 20, 20, yeah, something. Yeah, somewhere around that time is when I first. Um, put the workshops out. This was before it being online. It was it was always in person. Um, so that moment is what made me like shift gears and say, all right, not never again. Like I don't want anybody to ever make me feel like I'm less than again. I don't want anybody to ever, you know, to even go so far as to say you're not inspiring. That's so rude. Like, who are you supposed to be? <laughs> like that. I think that you. Totally... Right. That's like clearly I am because you literally stole you, it. You, yeah. And and it's trying to like gaslight me on some shit. Like, well, she brought it in or she showed me something that she saw on YouTube. Yeah. We went down this road before. <laughs> we went down this road about, you know, YouTube and like no distance to YouTube or YouTubers or even a DIY community no diss to that at all but in the same way that I felt like oh you know that is a kind of feeling of something being taken but then realizing oh this is a great thing especially considering people are connecting the two you know or saying under their videos inspired by the creator of hair sprinkles Amber Mims why would that be so hard for you to do 
Right, right. But I guess, you know, people will, people will be revealed along the journey. So that person was just supposed to be revealed. So she wouldn't stick around for too long, you know, throughout yeah. the process. Like she had to go. I'm going to say goodbye to my people on Instagram Live real quick. <laughs> Make sure y'all tune into the rest of this interview when it drops. Peace. But yes, that that is a that is a crazy thing. And I'm sure like with the 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 recognition that it was getting on on YouTube with her doing that, did you already have um hair spr- sprinkles trademarked or did that like lead at you to that time? I at that time I think I was working on it because no. At that time I didn't. By the time I put the workshop out, I did. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. now I, I own both. I own hair sprinkles and lock sprinkles. So just a <laughs> just a friendly reminder, you know, don't try try to start marking stuff up because yes, I love that she covered all bases. Yeah, I mean, and that I will say, although that experience was very um, just heartbreaking, honestly, because um, it was somebody that I thought I was, you know, I could trust and who who I felt I was building this like mentor mentee type of relationship with um so that was very like disappointing um but it made me cover my bases it made me get better on my business stuff it made me like you know just not take for granted um what I do create all across the board yeah. like don't you know don't it taught me to not diminish my creativity, not to diminish the the innovator that I am, because it took me a while to be able to like, you know, even articulate that out loud. Like it's okay for other people to to say all of these, you know, great things about you. But if you don't believe them, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So that was one of those things that was very um eye-opening and made me grow up. Mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't I guess I you know hadn't experienced before so yes. although I heard I'm grateful for it yeah sometimes we need that push and we never know how that push is going to come but it worked yeah so we're glad yeah. that it worked because <laughs> yes we are. absolutely because here we are yeah yeah so tell the people I know the answer but tell them how long do the hair sprinkles last so hair sprinkles will last a minimum of nine months up to two years okay. a lot of people have them longer than that um they will grow out with your hair you can continue to do all of your regular hair routines so your shampoos your treatments even color um what else if you're active you can continue to do all of your activities this is literally what i say every single day to my <laughs> clients i have a lot of new clients all the time so i'm very used to like um explaining um so you, if you are active, you can continue to do all of your activities. You shouldn't experience any hair sprinkles just falling out of your hair, but they will grow out with your hair. Um, they will over time, some of them um, just from like routine maintenance, from the oils in your hair, from oxidation, sun, water, all kinds of things. You will over time experience them maybe loosening up or um, certain ones might fade in color. Um, but overall they will last a considerable amount of time. Can you take them out? You can, you can take them out. I take mine out probably, if I have like something like 
special occasion. Like sometimes I like to redo mine around my birthday um, or try out different like styles or try out different um, materials if I get new materials in. Um, and by materials, I'm referring to like the, the the actual types of adornments, if it's like gold or if it's going to be, I love 14 karat gold. I just got some 14 karat gold. So I tend to change mine out maybe once or twice a year. Um, but yes, you can take them out. See, if I knew how to do them, I'd be doing like changing mine. I'm just like a creature. I love mine. I like my chakra aligned one so much. I'm glad. I just can't imagine like switching them out but I feel like if I knew how to do them I would probably have hair sprinkles all over my head <laughs> maybe there are people I do have clients who have a lot of them who you know continuously keep coming back and adding to their um to their you know previous installation and then I have some folks who um who will come back have them removed and get new ones just to kind of freshen it up so if you've had them for a few years it, it it can be time to change them out and that's totally fine yeah switch up the swag I guess I could switch up the yeah, swag you could switch it up you can definitely switch it up whenever oh. you're ready though but you have had them for two years now so you know you can you can keep them for longer and continue to let them grow out you can add to them if you want to do that or we can take them out and do something fresh Ooh, I would think about it. I would think about it. What is your creative process when, I guess, determining how you're going to adorn someone's hair? Because even though I have chakra aligned, I've seen other people with the chakra aligned service too, but it looks different. So how, like, what is your creative process with like determining like how you're going to like do the thing? Do the thing. <laughs> um, so it honestly depends on the person. I always tell people, especially when they come in and they have seen something on like my Instagram page and they're like trying to find that specific picture. And it's like, this is what I want before they even like, you know, go into this fury of finding the, the picture. Um, I definitely let them know like every installation is different. Everyone, every single one, I could be using a lot of the same materials and adornments, but um, it all differs one because everybody's hair is different. Although all like, 90% of the people I service have locks. Um, everybody's locks are different, different lengths, different sizes, different widths, different, um, the actual like fineness of it, the density of it, all of those things differ. So those things put, come into play into where I'm going to place them. Um, and then what I receive from the client as well, like I ask them numerous amounts of questions not too much um, because it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time. Um, so I ask them various questions. We have a consultation um, and then we kind of go from there. But all of these things too, I realized were, um, were a part of the experience. So that I included into my workshop. So when you do take the if people are interested, if you take the one hair sprinkles 101 workshop, it teaches you everything from the consultation method to the installation technique to um, I dabble a little bit into like, you know, the service and how just like cultivating this experience, how important that is. They kind of go hand in hand. So you definitely know the difference from somebody who is a certified hair sprinkles artist to someone who was just like oh yeah girl I tried for you 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had people come and sit in my chair after they've experienced that. Oh yeah, girl, I'll try it for you. Um, and, you know, I don't typically go behind anybody's work. So I always remove that previous um, thing that that person tried. And, you know, we kind of go from there, but it, it's a, it's probably about a, I would say five to 10 minute process to um, determine what is going to be specific to this person to like, this is your installation. Yeah, I like that. A unique, a unique experience every single time. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite place that you like to shop for your supplies or your different adornments? Um, I really enjoy shopping in person versus online. Um, and the thing that I love about shopping in person is finding like little spots when I'm traveling so I can see like what, what is, you know, what's happening in another city the same way. Like I love to find vintage stores and thrift stores. I might look in their like jewelry selection to see what they have. Or I'll find like specialty types of um, adornment uh, spaces, jewelry stores, things of that nature, um, to be able to see like what 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 they have in their region that I might not have in mind. But that too is in a workshop. I got something for everybody, um, and I just released that workshop, Resources One Hundred Three, where I really get into the nitty gritty of materials, like what these things are made out of. I'm te- my philosophy is teaching you how to fish. So, you know, the, the phrase, if you teach a man how to fish or you give a man a fish, he eats for a day, you teach a man how to fish, he eats for a lifetime. That is the philosophy behind this particular workshop so that you learn everything that I know about resources, everything that I know about, you know, the different types of, um, different types of, of adornments, different types of, whether it be crystals, whether it be different types of beads, mm-hmm. um, where to get them. I give you like a free downloadable um, PDF where you can access the ones that I have shopped or the ones that I personally have vetted to, and it will tell you which things to buy from these particular retailers. Um, but my personal favorite is always in person because I'm a, I'm a tangible person. I like to touch, I like to hold it up to my hair and see I like to um, feel the weight of it, um, really be able to examine it, read the materials, all of those different types of things. That sounds like so much fun. Oh it God. is. When when I was younger, doing it. Yeah, when I was younger, I used to make jewelry. Like my mom was a creative. She's an artist, jewelry. What she she be doing all, a whole bunch of creative stuff. But we used to make like earrings and stuff back in the day. So I remember going to like, michael's or was another bead store in like dupont circle that we used to go to and that used to just be like so much fun like going in like yes oh i love it oh my gosh i love it i can spend a whole afternoon doing it for real that's fun so i have a a never have i ever question for you um of course we're not taking shots like traditionally never have (laughs) i ever but if this has happened to you you can share the story behind it if not um, what advice would you give? Well, you can still share the advice you would give to one of your like certified hair sprinkler artists, like if they see if they see this and how to deal with this. So the question, <laughs> she's like, uh. <laughs> the question is never have I ever personally, like with your own two eyes, 
seen some like really like really bad like bootleg hair sprinkles like have you ever seen it before like your own eyes and like what did you do Uh, um I have and (laughs) in most cases sometimes I, I don't say anything um because you know I don't like to I feel like that's a little invasive in some ways because my initial thought isn't to come over if I see it and it and it looks horrible. It's not necessarily to um, to say, "Oh, girl, that looks great." Like, I if if it doesn't, then I won't say that. And I don't, you know, I definitely strongly believe if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but the times that I have, like, say, if I'm in conversation with somebody, or you know, if it just happens. Um, randomly whatever um I definitely say say to them you know if you're interested in getting this service done you know um this is where you can go if it's myself or if they're you know in um in another city whatever you know giving them the website so they can check and find somebody in their region um when what I would suggest to my artists to my certified artists um a lot of times what's interesting they have better responses than me I think because I'm like so you know it's so a baby of mine still um they are you know they'll if they see or at least what I've heard you know secondhand um is that they will you know say to the person oh where did you get that done or or did you go to this place or did you go to this person um and then we'll kind of give the story which I love I'm glad that they you know know the history to be able to kind of you know share that with people when they see them and meet them and then kind of um are able to um kind of sell themselves so to speak like if if it's somebody that you know is in their region or neighborhood or however you want to you know categorize it um you can gain a client that way by yeah. just even being able to like kind of you know flip it as opposed to being like oh girl who did that but like oh who did that you know mm-hmm. it's all I can say yeah. it. <laughs> the yeah. tone like oh girl who did that oh, who yeah did that? <laughs> right I love it okay like how many well first of all I want to say if you are interested in hair sprinkles and you want to learn just go ahead and invest in the course so that you're doing it the right way because Amber has lots of certified artists like how many certified artists do you about like just about have now so I I had to do something the other day well maybe it was like a couple of weeks ago I was working on a grant um and I think I'm up to about two dozen so 20 something um and I know that we're we're definitely in at least like 14 cities, 11 states. Mm-hmm. So I haven't, um, and I do have some people who recently were certified. So recently I would say within like the last, what is this now, May? So in the last probably like four months or so, um, I typically like update the list at least like once, once a quarter, maybe at the least twice a year mm-hmm. um so I haven't updated it yet I do know I have a few people from this last season who have um completed their certification so it's growing that online piece is what really changed the game so starting it 
in 2018, it was all in person. Mm -hmm. 2018, 20, it couldn't have been 2018. When did I have my studio space? I used to have a studio space in like 2016, 2017. So yeah, maybe it was 2017, 2018, because I was definitely doing services there and I taught my very first workshop in that studio space and I left there in 2018 so anyway trying to do the math in my head then when the pandemic hit is when I transitioned to online um and I was very nervous like I really wanted I at first I was like I can't do this online it's so detailed it's so you know close it's so and close like literally like mm -hmm. what I'm showing you is is very close up um and people will get so much rich content in the in-person workshops mm -hmm. but I had to figure out how to translate that so what helped me was um I was also doing um programs for the Hirshhorn Museum um and we had to switch to doing things online like everybody else um so I started like producing these, this um, content for them. And a lot of it was videoing. A lot of it was like segments of like performances, different things. And I was like, well, wait, if I could do that here, I can absolutely figure out how to translate this to my own business. So I took probably like a solid, I would say once I, because I already had the curriculum, it was just about transferring it to an online type of, you know, um, space. Mm -hmm. I probably took about maybe two, four months and focused only on that. Like I didn't do a whole lot of other things. Um, thankfully, I had the like privilege to be able to do it. I, this probably was early on in the pandemic. Okay. Um, so that made me sit down and really kind of just like focus on it. Um, so that pivot really changed the landscape of being able to offer it to more people. So the numbers of certified artists for sure grew like, I mean, times two in the first year of, you know, for doing it two years before I would, you know, have small workshops. It would probably be about, you know, at the most, maybe seven or eight people and at the least maybe two so I was able to like touch so many more people through the online landscape um, than in person. And I still teach in person, but there's way more people who take it online. Yeah, I see a convention, a, a hair sprinkles retreat, like all your artists. Like Girl, that That's fun. next. That's next. That is next. I do have a dinner party <clears throat> that I'm planning um, for my 10 year anniversary. I didn't get to do anything last year. So the plan um, is to have a party or a dinner experience um, Memorial Day weekend. So I have tickets that are, you know, up on sale. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to like, you know, get to that retreat level. I think that this is like the first installment of that, the first way to be able to try to like, you know, have as many people that can make it um, to, to be in community um to eat to to have you know conversation um and to just like you know be able to up now? connect yeah the tickets are up now okay we're gonna check it out i told you i'm coming i gotta see what day it is is it like the saturday yes. or saturday? it's a sunday okay okay look yeah. i think i was supposed to go to the rose thing but i ain't buy my ticket yet i'm gonna yeah. 
There's a reason I ain't get my ticket yet. That's why. That's See? why I over that ticket. Oh, that happens Memorial Day weekend? Mm-hmm. That I've always show. seen that. I forget what it's Something. It's like everybody wears pink. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Is it like, like, is it at the MGM? Is that where they have it? I don't know where it is. That's how much I don't know about it. I know my some of my friends are going and I ain't get my ticket yet. But oh, okay. I'd rather come to the Hair Sprinkles dinner party. <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. Yes. Tell us, I know in the, the last few months, I can't remember when it was, but you did a, a collaboration with the Academy Museum in LA. And I would love yeah. for you to share about that experience that you had. Did I almost that fast forget? That's crazy. Um, so I was invited to basically um, recreate looks of the early 1900s um, hair hair looks, essentially of the early 1900s when a lot of African Americans were um, trying to get in the arts. I would say entertainment specifically, mm-hmm. um, get headshots done. We get headshots done like it's nothing these days, but back then that was something that was like the hardest thing to get to help you know propel your career and you want them to obviously be great photos so the idea was to be able to um to recreate what they had in their exhibition that was called the glamour wall our installation was the glamour room so this was for the opening of the exhibition that was called the regeneration summit at the academy museum so i went out to la for um probably for like a long weekend I know I was there I know the event that I did was two days but I probably stayed maybe about three or four days um and so the the event was like an opening night and then all day and then the activation itself um was recreating those looks like live in person people could you know walk by and see us doing them as my my myself and my sister so mm-hmm. I designed like the the looks that we were going to be recreating but she executed all of the styles and um hair sprinkles were obviously like the the main attraction like the the you know point of reference in terms of like the adornments and stuff that you were seeing in the hair so um so yeah that was like so fun so exciting it made me feel like what like y'all what hairspringers in this like and so it was a, a live photo shoot happening at the same time so we would be doing their hair they would get up the models would get up and go have their photo taken like right literally like right in front of us mm-hmm. so um it was just an all-around creative process it was a lot of work it was a lot of work I'm I'm sure like even if you go to my Instagram and see the photos it you know, it looks like, oh, this is so cute. This is really, you know, this looks great. But um, it was a lot of planning, months of planning. Um, and, you know, with any type of, especially with institutions and stuff like that, you know, you have to get different things cleared and you need to like, there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of process mm-hmm. that happens. Um, and that one was no different than any other, like in terms of like the planning process, anything else I'd ever done I would say from like you know full-on photo shoots to other you know museum style um museum installations so it was a really fun experience um it definitely made me feel like I'm doing the right thing um because sometimes you know you can get like 
you know, is this thing going to fade? Yeah. Like, or is this, you know, and that can have, you know, that you, you can be scared sometimes. I know I can be scared sometimes. Um, but that really just made me feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. That's no matter awesome. what people have said over the years, you know, we rave or I rave about just like the positive things, but there for sure have been instances where people just don't believe in what you're doing or, you know, you try to, people ask you, what do you do? Or people ask me, what do I do for a living? It's, it's not like your typical uh, journey or your typical job. So that really made me feel like I'm walking in my purpose. Oh, that's awesome and it did look amazing I love I think you put up a real you showed like the behind the scenes like the sketches that you did yeah and just seeing it come to life like that that I know it must have been really exciting it was it was it was it's nothing like you know seeing something manifesting something and seeing it in real life mm-hmm. seeing it seeing the fully produced concept and it being what you imagined or better because mm-hmm. the feeling is what makes it for me the feeling is what makes it so much better I you can't plan how you're going to feel so that was just like such an overwhelming experience I mean we got like um a tour of the entire museum like after hours and got to see the exhibit and you know um really got to understand like the the connection I would say because we had meetings and stuff where it was explained and all of that but to be able to like be there in the flesh, see what's going on and, you know, have all of these people who are coming to this exhibit, to this opening, because there was a lot of other activations going on. Um, But the turnout for that event was like incredible. I think that was the first time that they had maybe done something of that magnitude. Mm -hmm. Um, And being able to like, you know, see all of those people show up, see a lot of celebrities too, um it was it was really cool it was really cool speaking of celebrities are are there any celebrities or just affluent affluent people that you like want to adorn one day or like a dream client that you have that you want to do some hair sprinkles on Um, um, oh before I even jump into that definitely got to shout out my girl Andre that was somebody or is somebody who's for sure been with hair, like pushing, motivating, all of those things. So that was how a part of that, um, that academy um, experience came to be. Um, now, in terms of a dream client, Hallie Bailey is definitely on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, Chloe too. Um, I'd love to do Tiana Taylor when she has like faux locks. Mm-hmm. um who else uh I really want to experiment with just like really kind of showing hair sprinkles on different hair types too because it is hair sprinkles it's not permanent on loose hair um so a lot I feel like a lot of red carpet looks are you know for events so you can be a little bit more extravagant you can try different things mm-hmm. so even when Janelle Monet does really has really great um, hairstyles, her hairstylist Nikki is just so fucking talented. I would absolutely love to work with her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think those are the, those are the people on my list. Issa Rae for sure. Her hairstylist Felicia Leatherwood is is incredible. Um, yeah, see the hair sprinkles on the red carpet. Yeah, that's that's what I really like I saying, when that I'm... happens. Oh, child, I don't know. You might not be able to tell me nothing, right? Like, speak to my yeah. That that uh that trending audio is like, don't talk to me. Talk to this person. We talk to yeah. me. Talk to that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would be like just so excited so um I don't know not in a I can't believe this my mom said that to me one day she was like I've never been a oh I can't believe this isn't ha- this is happening to me it's like no why why not this should be happening to you so I for sure have been like almost training myself to be prepared for those types of moments like even though they even with the academy museum thing like it was very like wow this is so great but you're supposed to be here so yeah it's great like what the fuck are you thinking like this is you know you're in it and and you're great so yes you're supposed to be here you you are right where you're supposed to be so I feel like when that happens it'll be very affirming it'll be very much like, okay, this is beautiful and amazing, but now how else can we like, you know, take it up a notch? Is it going to be in movies? Can we have it, you know, as a part of like illustrations, like all of these things that just make it endless and more household name. Like I feel like uh, black hair, our natural texture, even if you're just talking about like not locks, but just the natural natural texture of our hair now has become a lot more uh-oh I just thought about something go ahead oh it's become a lot more um uh accepted into culture it's still it's still very hard but it's becoming a little bit more acceptable so it's like if locks are acceptable and locks are popular hair sprinkles are to me it's just it's an, it should be it can be synonymous with each other yeah I would tell you after the interview because I would even catch my idea I just had an oh idea. I'm that's like, right I'm gonna remember I'm gonna remember keep it, yes keep it keep it stored in the back I think I feel we like you could offline do it. I feel like you could do it but oh. um how do you keep yourself in good spirits as an entrepreneur with all of the ups and downs the side the side the whirlwinds that we go through like I said to you when you asked me before I jumped on how are you I said if I really answer that I might cry (laughs) it's hard sometimes like if I can be completely transparent today has been a horrible day um but I knew I had this and I look forward to it and hair sprinkles brings me joy so that's all I could focus on. I can't get into, you know, anything else. Um, so what I definitely do is personally, I'm a huge believer in prayer. Um, I pray a lot. I also, um, meditate. Um, I go to therapy. Um, I like to be active. So if it's like taking a class at the gym, or walking around in the neighborhood, working out with like friends, family, um, 
spending quality time with people who pour into me is mm -hmm. very important. Um, and giving back is a part of, of, of what keeps me, you know, um, sane and, and able to, to give to my clients. Cause mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I act like I'm saying I, it, it brings me joy and I want to continue to serve and bring others joy, um, in this capacity and this, way that I have been blessed to be a vessel. That's honestly a, a, a huge way that I look at it too. Um, being an artist is, is a giving thing. So those are the ways that I'm able to kind of like pour into myself. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it is like routine. So it's not like something that I just do every now and now and then, like, when I first probably started um, those different journeys in my life, I would say, because all of those those different things that I mentioned from prayer to meditation to therapy, they all, they didn't all, it wasn't like, okay, I've got all these things. This is what I need. Somebody, you know, I'm going to call yeah. and figure all this stuff out. It, it all, all of those things came into my life in different ways for different reasons. And I have started to, over the last couple of years, I cultivate like this routine that, that um embodies those things because it's what helps to keep me um healthy now when it's the harder days is when it really you know kind of kicks in like what they say about yoga like you your your practice really kicks in when you know you're not just doing the poses and stuff in class like it's in everyday life how patient you are with people and how giving and all of those things so on those harder days, days like today, if I'm fully transparent, um, those are the types of things that I really have to like remind myself of and really have to um, to seek because I can for sure retreat and not do any of them because I don't feel like it. But God shows up and, you know, just makes it makes me um, present and reminding me of my 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 blessings, my abundance, um, and, you know, that all things are temporary. Everything changes. Even those good feelings that you have, those will change too. So, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing. Yes, I'm definitely a meditation person. I do yoga, yeah. therapy every Thursday with my therapist. See? So, Got to keep yourself together to be able to show for yeah. business for your clients for your loved ones like you got to take care of yourself so it's a lot it's a lot and when you are an entrepreneur too it's it is and in my case I'm a I'm a solopreneur I've actually made my first hire maybe uh around the time of the academy event so February I now have an assistant, which I'm super grateful for. Fancy. <laughs> but um, it took a while for me to get there because in my mind, I'm like, I can do everything. I can do it all. It's fine. I got it. I got it. I got it. And it's like, no. So I'll contract people out for different things or I have in the past. I don't have anything super specific right now. But, um, but having somebody consistent now, having an assistant has been like, what was I doing? Like, why, why in the world would you put yourself under that much pressure all the time? You are the 
the you know the thinker of or the imaginator of your like your baby your dreams whatever it is that you want to see come to fruition so in order to work from your uh what they call it your zone of genius you got to be able to um to have other people who have other zones of genius so that it can kind of help you know um help to grow whatever that thing is whatever that you know whatever it is that you're doing not just if you're in beauty but if you are you know building a new software platform or if you have a clothing business or if you're a restaurateur like whatever it is you're going to need help you're going to need people Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been such a great conversation ever. So at the oh. end of the day, like, what do you want your legacy to be? Especially like with hair sprinkles or just as an artist or a creative in general, it doesn't even have to be hair sprinkles, but like, what, what is your legacy that you hope to leave one day? Um, I hope to leave. That's a really good question. I don't know yet. I think that, that is there's still room for me to figure that out. Like, I I could sit here and say, you know, I want it to be that, you know, anything. Hair sprinkles brought so many people joy over X amount of years. Like, but that's what's happening now. That's current. That is in the present. Legacy for me is um, just continuing to to be true to myself. And hoping that that is what people take away from from all of this is mm-hmm. you can you can be you. It's only one you. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. You don't have to stick to one lane. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to. You know, just because you started that whatever started doing one thing five years ago doesn't mean that you have to just keep doing that same one thing you can branch out you can explore you can continue to be a student you can um, be as creative as you want or you can pour into yourself and just you know live softly like you can be a nuanced individual I think that for me is the the legacy that I hope to leave Um, and I hope that you know my friends and family um learn from that take that from me I hope that my nieces especially my nephews as well but my nieces for sure having a a good um example and role model in their lives to be able to say you know what my aunt did that so I can do you know x whatever it is Mm -hmm. um I think yeah because there's like I feel like culturally there's this big thing about you know Black excellence, leaving a legacy, leaving, you know, your family and generational wealth. And that's cool. But what about generational health? Like, what about mental, you know, mental capacity? What about emotional wellness? What about emotional intelligence? What about how are you showing up for yourself so you can show up for others? Like, that is something that we need to also continue to um, to be examples of. Yeah. Everything is not always okay. Everything is not always, you know, we need to make this money so we can buy these, you know, these yeah. things. Like yeah. all that shit gonna be gone when you die anyway. I just had so. that conversation with a friend the other day about like this the hustle and bustle. Cause I think he was like weighing like, oh, if I go to this like 
if I do this with family or a conference or something he was talking about, then I won't be making money. I'm like, money, money flows. Okay. But experiences my- with people that you care about are not always going to be there. So cherish those. Stop yeah. The money all the time. That's going to be there. Like, and yeah. I had to learn that too. Like, this you know even the response that I just gave you I probably would have gave you a different response a couple of months or even a year or so later I mean before now like money is money is great we need money to survive I'm not saying I don't like making money but I definitely for a while used to put um business my creativity you know me in front of relationships, in front mm-hmm. of family, in front of um, even pouring into and cultivating things with others. Like it wasn't, I don't think it was something that I was necessarily like doing and saying, oh yeah, I'm doing this because I don't want to do that. It was just, I was hyper-focused on these other things because I thought that that was something that I needed to have. I thought that I needed to, um, to reach a certain goal or to, you know, show up a certain way. And it's like, nah, you really don't like, you really don't have to work yourself to the bone. You really don't have to, um, you know, burn yourself out. I've burnt myself out several times. Mm. I'm still learning how to like be easy and graceful, you know, have some grace for myself and feel all of my feelings. You know Mm. what I mean? And, and be, um, and be transparent, you know, about what that looks like on different days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So, is there anything that's coming up next for you or um, hair sprinkles? Um. So we have the the dinner experience. Mm-hmm. Um. That's what's coming up next on the twenty eighth, whatever that Sunday Memorial Day is, in the evening from six to eight. Um. We have that, and then this summer, um, well, I have the 103 Hairspring Resources 103 workshop that just came out, um, and then this summer, honestly, I'm trying to have a good time. Like, I want <laughs> to really, I feel like I've been, like, creating these workshops for so long since 2020, honestly. I have a Hairspring was 101, Marketing 102, and a Resources 103. And it's not easy putting these types of curriculums together and, you know, putting it on a platform and making it a real educational experience. It takes a lot to do. Um, So I'm excited to like not be working on that particular type of content for a little while um, and to just like have fun, have great exchanges with my clientele. Um, get creative in that realm a little bit more, stretch a little bit more, come up with like, you know, just new concepts of designs and different ways to um, play around with adornments and different, you know, hair types and textures and things of that nature. Um, and spend time with my with my loved ones, spend time with my family and my friends and, you know, kind of take it easy. If I'm honest, I, I feel like I work a lot yeah. Um, and I'm ready to kind of just like slow down, mm-hmm. slow down a little bit. I feel you, girl. You and me both, honey. Shoot, I'll be like yeah. looking at my calendar, like when can I take a vacation? I'll be looking like well, so like 
field and I'm like okay I need to like really carve out a vacation time for myself but that's that is my next mission honestly seriously Mm -hmm. well before you go Amber I have to ask you the friends and beauty rapid fire questions so whatever comes to your mind first just you know spit it out the first one is what are the top three keys to your success so far Woo. Um, top three keys to success, um, integrity, community. Oh, you said keys. I'm saying words. Like you said, top three words. So integrity, community. That's good. And one more. Um, and good service, good service from, you know, client good service but also service as a facilitator um service however you engage that is a level of serving to me so good service okay how do you measure your success Ooh. um i measure my success by the level of autonomy i have in my life i like it So if I can, if I could even say, hey, I actually don't want to work today. I'm not working today. Or if I can say there's something that I want to achieve, like say there's a goal I have in mind and I can carve out the time to be able to make it happen and not have any, you know, well, not not have any outside influence, but the the power and autonomy to be able to do that, to be able to make my the things that I'd like to see come to fruition, come to fruition. Um, so, yeah, I measure my success by the level of autonomy I have over my life. Nice. OK. What is the best advice you've ever received or a piece of advice that's always stuck with you? My mom always says, nothing beats a failure, but a try. I agree. I like that. That is my, like, that's something that I have kept with me over the years, over many different artistic mediums, over, you know, different ways of putting myself out there. Like I, when I, when I was performing heavy, oh, I would cold call cold email anybody for anything because mm-hmm. the worst in the, the way that she likes to say it or frame it is like nothing beats a failure but a try you know if they say no you right back where you started anyway so you might as well ask yeah pretty much yeah I hope I hope y'all, y'all caught that because a lot of people are afraid to like put themselves out there and afraid of hearing no whatever but like like you said they say no then you just you right back you right back where you are right even when it comes to like you know I know a big um thing in media too or just over the years has been about like um pay like transparency about what people are getting paid and things like that um or asking for what you're worth ask for it it's going to honestly be to your benefit if you either you get it and you get what you ask for or you know that that's not for you Either way you win and you can, you know, pursue something else or, you know, figure out your course to go another way, but it's still trying, like not trying is probably, it's, it's 
is worse than whatever your perceived failure might be. You don't even know what it what's on the other side if you don't try. Absolutely. Absolutely. What advice would you give to another either hair sprinkles artist, I'm trying to see, or entrepreneur, maybe creative, who is just not seeing the results that they want in their business and they're just like, maybe this isn't for me. Mm. Um, I would say take a beat, go outside, um, get outside of your comfort zone, your routine. So if, you know, if the way that you've been doing things before isn't yielding you the results that you want, then it's probably time to try and do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, and that can mean, you know, for some people that can mean instead of working in an office, then taking your laptop and working outside. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would definitely share that. I would say find something bigger than you to believe in. Um, because our egos can really make us feel like, you know, it's all about us. It is all about, you know, reaching this, you know, perceived mile marker. I got to make X amount of dollars, you know, by, by whatever, or, you know, all of those things are great when you are, um, when you're trying to like, say, meet quarterly goals, however it goes. Um, but for your own sanity, like as a creative, as an artist, um it's a, it's really important like we mentioned before to just like give yourself some grace take a moment take a beat take a break shit take a break mm -hmm. sometimes trying consistently is not the answer sometimes you just need to take a break and let it breathe for a second and see what you learn see how you feel um and come back to it you come back to it with fresh eyes I know when I was um, recording heavily, I could listen to my music, listen to whether it's like the track that I'm producing or like the vocals that I just did. I can listen to it, listen to it, listen to it. So much so that there's like a phrase that they say, like when you're recording or when you're um, making music um, that you can almost listen to that demo consistently that you can't add to it. You're, you're reproducing it the same way. So you need to come to it with new ears. So you take a break, you go away, you you know, go do some other things, leave it alone for a couple of days and then come back to it or leave it alone for a week or leave it alone for a year if that's what you need so that you can actually um, almost remember why you even want to do whatever that thing is in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I love that advice. I love it. Uh, what is a resource that helps you in your business that you can share with the friends and beauty community? Ooh, a resource. Well, I'm not getting paid by these people, but Thinkific. <laughs> you love Thinkific. Thinkific. I love Thinkific. Thinkific has turned me into a believer of online education. Like even before the pandemic and people were like, you know, go to school online and things like that. I was never interested in it. Um, I, it just didn't appeal to me. I like, you know, social engagement when it comes to education, mm -hmm. but Thinkific turned me into a believer just because their platform was front facing is easy. So whether you are 
um, the student, you know, trying to, to take a course or learn something new, it's easy for you to be able to do. Um, and then on the back end, as the, the um, facilitator or creator of whatever, you know, curriculum, whatever, whatever type of skill set you're trying to share, um, it is easy for you to do as well. It's easy on the back end. So that, that, that platform really um, is a tool, a resource that I use. And it has put me in touch with so many people across the country, across the world, to be able to engage um, and share hair sprinkles with in a way that, I mean, I didn't imagine. Yeah, you've been talking about Thinkific for a minute and you actually convinced me. And now See? I have my course on Thinkific. I have my podcast editing course, DIY podcast to y'all. So if y'all want to learn how to yes. record the podcast, then go to my course. I'll leave it in the description. But yeah, you turned me on and it is quite, I mean, I, I fancy myself to be a techie anyway. I could figure it out. You are, it yeah. Very it's very easy to create your course to you know, create the, the landing page, the community, like everything instead of the payment. It was easy. I was about to say in the payment options you give, you can give people, you know, split a payment up if they want to pay using their card or if they want to pay using PayPal, or if they want to pay like directly into the system, Mm -hmm. subscriptions or what's free and what's a preview. And I mean, the options, is what really sold me, especially considering what I was trying to do. I didn't want, like, I wasn't, you know, no just the Zoom. I know we're on Zoom right now, but I wasn't ever really trying to, like, teach people via Zoom because that was my interpretation of, at the time, online teaching um, during the pandemic. Everybody was using Zoom. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> not doing that. So through my research, Thinkific was the best option and it's been a tool for me that has just really you know I can put my content up and it's there for however long I have that that subscription going so I love it absolutely so the last one I just want you to fill in the blank and just say my name is blank and the key to longevity and success is whatever you think it is Amber Oh, wow. Oh, okay. My name, so my name is blank and the key to longevity and success mm-hmm. is blank. My name is Amber Min, and the key to longevity and success is grace. Grace. I like it. Grace, okay, I like it, I like it. Before you go, please share like your social media information or however you want people to connect with you, hair sprinkles, enroll in the course, get some, get a service, like get yes. share all stuff. Okay, so everything is at hairsprinkles.com. Um, H-A-I-R-S-P-R-I-N-K-L-E-S.com. And on the website, you can book a service. You can um, see some of our fabulous looks. Um, You can also enroll in the workshops. You can also find out what those different workshops entail, what you get with it. Um, And then you can enroll from there. It'll take you to the Thinkific um, platform. You can also like preview some of the um, 
maybe like one or two of the workshops on Thinkific. Um, then what else? My Instagram is hair sprinkles by 2322. Um, and that is the legit, there's no other, <laughs> there's no other Instagram page. I'm also on TikTok um, at the same name. Well, no, I think TikTok is just hair sprinkles. Um, what else? I'm not a big Twitter person, not a big Facebook person. I do have a Facebook, like, I think a group page. Um, and I need to engage with that more. But um, the website is always going to be a best bet website and Instagram. Got you. Well, Amber, thank you so much for blessing us again. You know, second time's the charm. I know. I think we got it. I think we got it this time, but thank you so much for sharing with us, and I wish you the best of luck with Hair Sprinkles. I already know it's going to be like a global sensation, like very, very soon. It's only a matter a matter of time. Like matter of time, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Friends in Beauty podcast. Don't forget, sharing is caring. Share this episode with at least one friend in beauty and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts so that other friends in beauty can find this show. Plus, we'd love to hear your feedback. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty, hashtag Friends in Beauty to join the conversation and join our Friends in Beauty Facebook community to stay connected. Talk to you soon.